Welcome to the Popness Podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. Today I have Tom and Llewellyn from the band Prep. Influenced by late 70s soft rock and acts like Steely Dan, they've released a series of EPs and singles over the last five years. They're currently in the UK working on their first full-length album. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. Yeah, I'm good. How are you? Good. Tell me about the new songs you guys put out. You guys put out two new songs recently. I mean, it's been a while since we've put any new stuff out, but we've been working away all the time. And um, that does tend to be quite a slow process with us. You know, we've all got kind of quite a lot of stuff on and then we get together when we can to make prep music. But but we were really lucky at the end of last year, we had three solid months where we just said, look, we're not gonna do anything else. And we got loads done. And really off, off the back of that, um, over and, and love breaks down which we stuck out um you know three months back they were well the guys they were already kind of on the cooker but um we got them finished off and then most of an album as well which um you know we're still kind of putting together in these slightly weird new circumstances but you know we're, we're chucking files back and forth yeah pictures of you which is the one that's coming out this week is uh i guess that's the first one that's you know feels like the start of the album campaign you know you guys, there have there hasn't actually been a full length prep album, correct? You did the the EP a couple no, of years we've, ago. We've never, we've only released three EPs, uh, and then these two tracks that we just did as a kind of uh, I don't know split double single or something. But it's kind of a, a, a incredible how people have followed us and given us all of this energy just based on releasing those three EPs, which we feel, uh, you know, is, is amazing and, and like really sort of blessed by that. Um, and we're really excited to kind of, yeah, like now do the full length album, you know, it feels like it's it's the moment, you know, and it's, I mean, we're gonna, for one thing, we're gonna sort of double the amount of music we've released overnight practically. <laughs> so um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. Blow minds. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. tell me about, how the new material differs from your previous work. I really liked the line by line EP. So how does that, how does, how does the new stuff compare to the, the EPs you released in the past? Well, I think in a way like pictures of you is, is sort of, it's line by line ish kind of a trap, you know, it's got that thing that we quite like doing of making this quite, you know, this quite kind of upbeat song, which, has some slightly kind of silly sample sounds in, but basically sounds like a kind of, you know, it's a, it's a groover. And then the song is this slightly sort of melancholy creature that kind of lurks beneath the beat, you know. That sounds very ominous, Tom. Man, yeah, but know, I mean, I find it's the thing being, it's one of our most upbeat, fun songs, I think. So, it is, you know, let's stay with that. Yeah, yeah it, is, it is. I guess, you know, the, the album's gonna have some different approaches to that idea on it. You know, we've, we've it's, it's going to be broadly speaking the kind of world that we've always worked within but you know we're stretching the flavors a little bit stretching the palette a bit in a way i feel like it's sort of the culmination of what we've been building up to you know it's still that although yeah we're definitely going into a few areas we wouldn't have gone to when we started the whole thing and i mean something we we kind of talked about before was um you know go like doing live performance that sort of starts affecting how you do things as well, you know, and and how you how you think about writing and what works and what doesn't. And that's definitely been something that's affected us as the years have gone on with this project. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, like I was saying earlier, we're only like 12 songs in or whatever. So 
it's not quite time to smash the mold yet. We're happy kind of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. working with the program for this record, and then we'll see. Let's go back. Tell me about how Prep came together. Did you guys know each other from other bands, other projects? And how did you develop the sound that became the Prep sound? Well, yeah, well, Llewellyn, I was a late arrival. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, go well, ahead. Tom, well. I mean, Tom and I didn't know each other, actually. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. It kind oh, of drew together from two strands, really, in a way. Like, I, I, I'd been doing a lot of electronic stuff um, and got really tired of working by myself the whole time and just got chatting to, uh, to Guillaume, our, our drummer, um, and it turned out there was some music that we both liked and we both wanted to start a project. And then also started talking to, to Dan, um, who I just knew because I knew his girlfriend. Um, and I went around to this studio once and we started chatting. And, uh, and I thought, okay, these two guys really want to do a project. Like, maybe it's, maybe it's cool, you know. And I tried to start a bunch of stuff up. And you know what it's like? You kind of do a couple of meetings and then everyone's a bit, you know, but they seemed like really positive, which was great. So we started doing it. We pretty much just, found, to be honest, we pretty much just found the sound immediately. I, I, I Like, we... The first couple of tracks we did, Futures and Cheapest Flight. And then I think you've been working with Dan on other things. Is that right, Tom? Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I, 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 I kind of joined the band never having met Guillaume and Llewellyn. I mean, I, I, uh, I'd worked with Dan doing some writing for other people, which is, you know, we were both doing a lot of at the time. And he just told me he'd been making these beats with these two guys uh and that they were kind of that they were drawing on this whole world of like sort of smooth music from the late 70s kind of early 80s but with this sort of like fresher take on the production and it was a load of you know music that i'd had people really try and turn me on to before like steely Dan and stuff and i just i i just thought it was a bit gross i didn't really i didn't really get it at all but when dan played it to me in the studio this time i mean the, the love was instant and strong and and, and it was I, I finally kind of yeah i suddenly got this whole world of stuff and he played me like bobby caldwell and what else some like bill the bounty and i just loved all this 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 kind of like these quite sad guys making this <laughs> kind of um beaty music and then he played me cheapest flight this instrumental that he'd been working with the guys and, and i think i wrote on it pretty much straight away there in the studio with him and you know it was like yeah then i had to meet Llewellyn and Guillaume and well and yeah and the funny I mean we heard I mean we heard that track with vocal before we'd even met Tom you know we've met you Tom and but I, I do remember hearing it and just being like yeah that's 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 it you know that's that's what we want you know that it, see, it seemed to all gel together so it's quite a weird way to start a band isn't it I mean, yeah, like, in a way yeah, yeah, exactly. before, it's always like it started because you're friends and you kind of hang out yeah. and you all the same stuff and you you want to do this thing together because because you just want to hang out together and this was like all about this sort of weird kind of style of music that, well, I think three of us had never really kind of quite learned how to love and then had all really fallen for at once. Guillaume grew up with it. He knew every like Toto drum beat, like <laughs> off my heart. How do, you, how do you guys feel about the term Yacht Rock and that whole smooth late 70s, early 80s being boxed into that quote unquote Yacht Rock revival thing how do you feel about i mean that? i to be honest i 
I would say that that's an element of music, but there's there's a, there are a lot of other things in there, and like a lot of influences of other stuff we've worked on. Like we've all done a lot of different kinds of projects before, you know. Like Guillaume, uh, you know, Guillaume's a deep house DJ. Like I was, I was writing, uh, like just before, kind of like I don't know, like almost like chip tune kind of influenced uh, hip hop, and I and I feel like that all of that stuff comes out in our in in prep as well i i yeah. i'd say yeah. you know there's a big love of some of these 70s bands but i definitely wouldn't say it's just it's you know it's not it's not the only thing we're about for sure like you know there's lots of modern artists and r&b things and some people from other worlds that we're into i don't know what are you i guess the, the one thing i'd say is i think um you know when a lot of people kind of flirt with that yachty thing they're kind of doing it in a in a in a kind of ironic way and there's a kind of there's a sort of lull side to it all whereas we're quite kind of we're not being ironic you know we're kind of the harmony that we use i guess is you know it's kind of coming from the same sort of places that those guys were drawing on and but we're kind of you know we're not putting on comedy mustaches and kind of you know shoot videos with us all wearing naval jackets it's, it's like you know we're, we're kind of there's something that we love really sincerely in the, in in that world of music, but also in loads of other music which we try and pull into what we're doing. Are you guys? Um, there is an element. Are you guys into like jazz fusion, like early '70s on the corner era, Miles uh, Miles Davis, that sort of thing? I was I was yeah. listening to On the Corner the other day actually, uh, which uh, which I think is is a really amazing, interesting album. Uh, yeah, and then the story of how they made it is really interesting. I'd say we're all kind of uh, quite interested in that. I, I'm certainly interested in Miles in Miles Davis and and his you know his like '80s stuff as well. You know, like very much so. Llewellyn, you talked about that you had the instrumental, the cheapest flight, before Tom sang on it. Why did you think Tom was the right vocalist for this band for this project? Well, it's interesting. I mean, that came from Dan because they'd worked together. But I think what was interesting is like maybe. If 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 me and Guillaume had just thought, oh, what you know, what do we hear on this? It might have been something quite different, and probably something that would have been more obvious. And there was something about yeah. the, like the way Tom sings; it's not actually exactly what you would expect to hear, and that's why it's so brilliant. It it sort of just works really well, you know. That came from Dan, I guess. And once we heard it, we were like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's 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 great, you know. We sort of fell in love with Tom's voice then, and obviously the songwriting's been really good since. I mean, I, I, yeah, it's, I think that's right. I think Dan kind of picked. Um, he asked me if I'd be up for doing it because because I kind of was the wrong kind of singer for it in a way. You know, I think he was really determined that it wouldn't have this kind of you know really slick uh, you know kind of soul voice sitting on the top of it all, and and. The bands that I've, I, you know, I come from a much more kind of indie world of music, I guess, but I had been doing a lot of writing for R&B singers. And I kind of sort of discovered this new way of singing through doing that, I think. A lot of it, which I was doing with Dan. So it's almost like it was working with him on his other stuff that helped me towards this voice, which he ended up feeling might be right for prep. Tom, you, you've been in all sorts of bands all sorts of projects since the late 90s, really. How does prep compare to other bands, other projects that you've been in, in terms of the way you approach the music? 
I mean, one of the big differences is that I only sing. You know, I've always kind of played in other bands, and and I guess I've always been part of the, you know, the writing from the very beginning. And one of the one of the strange things, well, it's not strange. It's become just the way that we work. But I, I hear, you know, the other guys make these instrumental tracks, which are complete songs basically before I hear them, and then I, you know, that gets played to me, and then I kind of write on the top of it. So that's a big difference. I think the other difference is. Just the kind of joy of it. I mean, like prep is, you know, however kind of you know melancholy some of the lyrics are, and and, and some of the fields the music we make as well. There's a real kind of joy to what we do, I think. And I've never been in a project that's quite like that before. You know, one where we can just go out on a stage and feel like there's just going to be this sort of intense happiness that we're going to find with the crowd. That's not a vibe that I've ever kind of really gone for in quite the same way with other projects. Llewellyn, have have you, do you feel something similar? Do you feel that this project has kind of revitalized your love of music, kind of re-energized you musically? Yeah, I mean, in, in a way, it's a bit similar to what Tom said. Uh, like, uh, uh, some of the stuff I worked in before the, genre, the, the genres were, I don't know, like things like avant-garde classical music and electronic music, which, you know, which are quite... Um, I don't know, quite intense, quite in intense, I guess. And I remember I hadn't really necessarily listened to a lot of smooth music, and it was the summer we sort of started the project. And I remember it was a beautiful summer, one going around with my headphones, listening to all of this. And this is what, like 20, 2014, somewhere in there. Yeah, twenty fifteen, I guess. Yeah, and uh, and really, really finding I was getting into it, you know. And I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of smooth, <laughs> relaxing, you know. And, um, and yeah, and like in performance, you know, previously, yeah, there's that relationship with the audience. Like it, it, it was, you know, sometimes the, it, the relationship with the audience was, was I wouldn't say maybe aggressive too much, but it was a kind of intensity. Um, and while, you know, I hope our gigs are intense, like Tom says, there's a kind of happiness and a positivity to the gigs, which is, which is really nice. You know, like I never walk out on stage feeling like the audience is has got their arms folded and is like all right show me what you got like i always feel like we're, we're working together they're on our side you know and that's a really nice feeling when is the full album coming out end of the year we hope that's the plan we're still working towards that as a... oh so you're, are you still mixing it still working on some of the tracks we're still working on the songs and mixing everything and it's all but the uh the single the next single is coming out on wednesday um yeah so yeah pictures of you which is like a really really fun track and really proud of that one and yeah that's that's like a big moment to sort of put that one out and for me it's like the first thing of the sort of official campaign and there's going to be singles coming out over the next few months obviously so tell me about working with with anna of the north how did that collaboration come together and, and what did you enjoy about that i've been working a lot with anna on her records you know, writing stuff with her for quite a long time. And, you know, I, I played her some stuff that we've been doing and she was really into it. And, and we just had that song and, and thought, I mean, initially we thought she'd just, she'd sound great, like maybe singing um, some like BVs on a chorus or maybe, you know, or maybe singing like a second chorus or something. And then she came into the studio and she was just like so up for it, you know, for, for trying whatever. And she ended up just singing well, she sang this whole verse. I think, and it might have been just, you know, I think, I think she just did it once, and it. 
I remember looking at Dan and like, you know, it's one of those moments where you just, well, it's a wonderful thing to sit back in a studio where you're kind of making your music, but it's someone else who's doing it and is doing this sort of brilliant thing and you just get to kind of enjoy it. And, it, and, and you know, and it felt like it was just right straight away. So I've been ending these interviews and I would like, before I let you go, I have a thing I call the music nerd questionnaire which is just a, a few questions about your taste in music. There's no, it's not a trivia. It's, it's just your like opinion. I feel like you've got the wrong two bandmates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you've, you've talked a lot about, I feel like, I feel like I, I know Guillaume already without ever meeting him because you guys have, have detailed his taste in music so much, but I'll go ahead and, and ask these questions of you guys. So first question if you could go on tour with any band from any era, past or present, who would it be? Oh God! Because it's Am not going to say the Stones. The Stones, maybe the Stones in the kind of like early seventies, with the private plane and the whiskey and the girls and everything. Just yeah, I mean, just the, and they, but they, I mean, you know, all of that, but they just more innocently just thinking about the kind of. The energy of those guys on stage, that would have, yeah, that would have been a hell of a thing to be in amongst, I think. Because there's there's two elements to that, that question. It's not just about who's playing. It's about who you're going to have to hang out with, who you're going to have to share stuff with, you know, so. It's, I feel like I should have maybe taken the time to think about it more practically. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah, Llewellyn, you go. I'm going to think about kind of housekeeping I, and that kind of thing. I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I, Mr. Bungle, I think. My, Mr. Bungle, my favourite band. Um, just because they're my favourite band and Mike Patton it just seems like such an interesting guy. In fact, every every member of that band, Trace Bruins and Trevor Dunn, they all seem like the most phenomenal musicians and just such kind of interesting people doing such interesting music. Yeah, I, and and, you know... And, man and managing to release it all through Warner Brothers, despite it being incredibly strange. Yeah. Uh, I think that would have been really interesting to kind of see that and experience that. I really love when major labels are able to support experimentation from artists. I'm, I don't know if I'm imagining it. It feels like maybe the 90s was quite a good time for that. Maybe CD sales were high and everyone had a bit more money and they could sign up these really unusual... I mean, of course, Mr. Bungle happened because, uh, you know, Patton was in Faith No More, but you know, this, this kind of era, I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of chances being taken, you know? Do you have in either of you guys can answer this? Do you have a favorite synthesizer or vintage drum machine? Yeah. I mean, the, the, the synthesizer, I, I really, I really love a Juno. I really love a profit. And there's also, there's one called a, is it the synthy? Oh, I can't remember which model it is. It's like a little battleship kind of patch bay. These little pins that you put in to connect things up. Oh, yeah. Three massive that? oscillator dials. Yeah. I had to go on one of those once and it just, that you know, the, the feeling of that kind of resonating through your guts was pretty, it was pretty exciting. The other one, I, I remember like I, I signed, the first publishing deal I signed was with um, Rack, who have a studio in London. Part of the draw was that they had one of those like Yamaha, it's not a CS80, but it's like a, I can't remember what it is, it's like a bit like the Blade Runner synth. Yeah. But it comes with its own set of like white speakers and these like knee paddles you can use to control the filters. Yeah. <laughs> we were going to get to like use this as much as we wanted. 
And then they fucking sold it to Aphex Twin like two weeks before <laughs> we did the deal. Who else would you sell it to? Like... <laughs> yeah. So he yeah. got it. And we never we never got to sit down on that on that white stool. Last question here. Who is your favorite producer from a musical production standpoint, not necessarily a beat maker? Oh, who would you say, Llewellyn? It's an interesting question. I mean, Steely Dan are the obvious... Well, I mean, I don't know. Would you say they're producers? Are they a band? Are they... What are they? But, I mean, yeah, the, the sort of attention to detail, the arranging and, and the sonics is just, the, you know, it's the ultimate, really. And you know, as a, as a sort of approach and like a philosophy of just, just getting things the best they can possibly be. That's, that's probably the one that's influenced me the most, I guess. Yeah. All right. I'll let you guys go. Thank you so much for talking to me. I really appreciate it. And good luck with the new music. Thank Thanks, you, man. Gordon. Nice Great one. Speech. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to the pop dust podcast. I'm Jordan Edwards. You can find me at jordanedwardsstudio.com or on Instagram at jordanedwardsstudio. And as always, check out the latest in pop culture, music, and entertainment at popdust.com. Popdust.